This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, Real Presence Radio listeners. Nick Medelsky, Melissa's Case Show here at St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. As I mentioned before the break and earlier in the show, I'm super excited for our next guest, the uh, the newly, uh, well, I, I guess it's been a few months now, but the, the new uh, Bishop of New Ulm, Bishop Chad Zielinski. So good morning, Bishop. Good morning. And uh, just uh, I mentioned your... Uh, Newly coming into the Diocese of New Ulm uh, from the Diocese of Fairbanks, could you just give our listeners who might not know you uh, a little introduction? Um, <laughs> sure. Um, I was uh, ordained the bishop of the Diocese of Fairbanks back in December of um, 2015 when I was on active duty um, Air Force um, ministry experience. And then... Um, uh, obviously served there for eight years and um, very fascinating uh, type of ministry working predominantly with um, indigenous peoples of northern Alaska, Yupik, Inupiaq, Chupik Eskimos, and then Athabascan Indian is how they all refer to themselves. So that was about 80% of our 46 parishes in an area that is 410,000 square miles. So um, recently, um, as it was announced, I think it was July the 12th, here in New Ulm, I was here for the press conference. Uh, Holy Father appointed me here to um, serve the diocese, so which is about 9,000 square miles. So there's a huge chunk of real estate difference between <laughs> the two places. Most of my travel in Alaska was done with... Uh, Small bush planes, um, snow machines in the wintertime, uh, boats down the Yukon River, um, four-wheelers, and, um, yeah, that was probably most of it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and so here, the kind of the interesting experience, or, I mean, interesting travel fact is that I can drive to about any parish within two and a half to three hours. So... <laughs> Quite the difference. <laughs> it is. And, yeah, so... Um, Yes, and it was, and I went through, one of the main reasons why um, I'm being moved is because of a medical reason. I had a a major spinal fusion surgery back in January, and the physician said, basically, you can't keep doing this rugged travel that you're doing, and so um, the apostolic nuncio was just very kind and gracious. Um, and relaying that information to the Congregation for Bishops and then the Holy Father, um, you know, gave me an assignment to, to come here. So, and, and I'm very excited about this. Um, I grew up in uh, northern lower Michigan mm-hmm. in farm country. So my first time here back in July, as I was driving from the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport, was, you know, through cornfields and bean fields and other farm crops. It was like I was back at home. Right. <laughs> and uh, reminded me of learning to drive a tractor at the age of nine. So <laughs> here we are. We're back in farm country. So it's, just, it's great. I'm excited um, to, uh, and, and there's, you know, as anybody knows, when you move from such a, a varied experience um, and different type of ministry, that there's there's a transition that needs to take place and adjustment. So, people have been very kind, patient, and gracious to me here. 
Yeah, I remember that at your uh, your press conference. You, uh, towards the end, you said you hoped someone would let you drive their tractor. That it was something you were looking yeah. forward to. It was getting back in the tractor again. So maybe after the installation, one of the, one of these uh, parishes will uh, invite me to come out and do that. <laughs> there you go. But I don't want to interrupt. It's probably harvest time too. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Any yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, you you grew up in uh, northern Michigan, and then. Uh, you know, uh, you went. Uh, you're in the Air Force, right? Uh, enlisted yeah, in the so Air after Force. Yes. After I was and... ordained um, a priest in 1996, I spent six years in the Diocese of Gaylord. Um, following the events of September 11th, 2001, the military was, you know, making a plea for chaplains as they, you know, advanced uh, deployment activity. And my, I approached my bishop because I had. Um, had prior enlisted experience in the 1980s, and he said, why don't you go? Because they, they need Catholic chaplains. So off I went in 2002, and then just stayed in until I was appointed the bishop in 2015, and then um, ended up in the reserve for a while as a bishop, and then retired in 2017 with 21 years of experience. So wow, that was, that was the story there. Yeah. And I, I think you shared that you're the only active duty chaplain to be appointed a bishop is that or a bishop of a diocese right. at least uh, ordinary of a diocese yeah because there are other chaplains that were appointed auxiliary bishops so yeah very cool very cool and uh how does that experience how has that experience uh you know being enlisted then as a chaplain how has that impacted your ministry as a bishop um well it, it's interesting so in um, around the first of January two thousand fifteen, so I had only been ordained two weeks. Um, I was still on active duty. I took some leave to go to a village um, in uh, off the Yukon River, Kayakuk, and um, it, I had flown in there. Um, and then they, a blizzard came up, and then a guy they took me on a snow machine down the river to the village, mm. and it was pretty wild of dodging ice formations and all these things. <laughs> and then arriving wow. at the village, and they said this one room cabin is where you're going to live, and there's the church, the other cabin next to it. And I, um, I thought, wow, this is simple. Here's a bucket. Go get some water at the community well. There's no running water, so. Uh-huh. Like the farmers remember in the olden days here, you had the outhouse outside. That's what they have there. So, And then standing, um, as I left that village, I was standing on a frozen airstrip with the same backpack I had used in Afghanistan in a duffel bag. Wow. And it was just like these flashbacks to um, being deployed in combat, um, but obviously for a different reason. And so right there... I saw. I thought this is this is incredible how God can use the the horrors of combat, but yet the difficult living conditions that we had been living in tents, um, deployed in Afghanistan in the cold and all that. But yet here I am as a bishop in the Arctic environment, you know, in some very challenging conditions, and God would use this for His greater glory. And thank God, there's no nothing blowing up and people shooting at us, um, unlike the the military situation. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, it was, so a lot of the ministry that I had over the last eight years very much was um, 
leaning on that uh, deployment combat experience, getting ready, um, just, you know, you're in survival mode, and especially in an Arctic environment. So that, um, that was very helpful, yeah. And so, Bishop, what exactly does it look like to be a military chaplain? I guess I hear it, and then, like, I've family in the military, and they always say that they are, are there, but what does that actually look like for you as, like, the chaplain? Um, it it depends. There, when you're what they call in garrison or at your home base, it's pretty much like a diocesan priest. Um, you know, you have a base chapel, you have a Catholic community, religious education programs, and so on. And I would say the Army, Navy, and the Air Force are similar to that. But when you're in a deployed situ in in the deployed situation, um, it's very different. You're in a you're sleeping in a tent. You're there um, moving around to different encampments, and even though I'm a Catholic chaplain, you're uh, I'm. We had this this saying: you're a, a chaplain to all and a priest to some. Mm. So mm. everybody, you serve everybody, and they'll come and speak to the chaplain because of the confidentiality or privileged communication that they have. Right, right. And commanders will lean on the chaplain to talk to people because of that. And um, and you're a priest to some. Obviously, it's through the sacraments that we um, serve um, or administer that those Catholic, uh, you know, airmen, soldiers, Marines would receive. So um, that that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. You advise leadership. They'll um, ask you about, you know, the morale of troops because you're around visiting them. And, you know, you the people talk to a chaplain in a different way that they would to somebody else in, in leadership just because mm. of your position. So they, yeah. I don't know if that helps answer it, but it's just a short sketch of wh- how I would describe the what it looks like. And I know this is kind of an odd question, but what do you wear? Like, are you in the fatigues that the soldiers are in, or do you get to wear your clerics? Um, great, actually, a great question. Um, well, good. I thought it sounded kind of shallow, but I was like no, in my head not. trying to envision you, and I'm like, I don't know what it yeah, looks like. No. So, what you do when you're um, Inactive or on active duty or in a deployed situation, um, you have your battle dress uniform and then your name tags on the left, uh, or I mean your, no wait, name tags on the right, the U.S. Air Force strip, and and above that is a cross, which would designate you as a, as a Christian chaplain. And then the, like the Jewish chaplain would have the uh, the symbol of the tablet the of the Ten Commandments. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you know, the imams have a different one. So, yeah, there's a designating patch that would identify you as a chaplain. And you wear a rank, you're whatever rank you are as an officer, you would wear that. Um, and then in the, on Sundays, weekend stuff, some evening things um, you're, that are specifically Catholic, you can wear your clerics for that. Yeah. Oh, wow. That helps. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, one of the things, and how I first, because uh, I believe you were appointed Bishop of Fairbanks. We moved from the Diocese of Gaylord here, but we lived there for several years. And I think you were appointing Bishop in Fairbanks in 2014, 2013, somewhere in there? I was uh, 14. 
Yeah. 14. Okay, yeah. I was ordained Before on that. the 15th of December, 2014. Yeah. There you go. So that was just after we had moved to the diocese. And one of the first things I remember is you coming back to the diocese of Gaylord and uh, kind of uh, sort of an unofficial part of the job duties, I guess, guess I could say, as bishop of the diocese of Fairbanks is, um, well, fundraising in a way, right? Because it is one of the poorer dioceses in the United States. Can you kind of talk, talk a little bit about that? aspect of of being there in Fairbanks? Yeah. Oh, doing mission appeals? Yeah. Yeah. We have a, um, you want to call it a newsletter that would go out um, bi-monthly called the Alaskan Shepherd, and that probably is our single greatest outreach to about an audience of 40,000 people across the whole United States. And it basically tells our story. What does mission work like in um, these remote um, villages in northern Alaska, and obviously, as I mentioned before, it is unique to these um, Native Alaskan communities. And so, a lot of it was telling those stories. When I would go to a parish, like I went to a couple parishes in the diocese of Gaylord, there are bishops across the United States that have been very kind and gracious in letting myself or some other priests come and tell our story and raise money that way. Um, so it's just telling the the story of what our mission work is like, what what our financial needs are, um, huge expenses up there. I was just in a village before I came here last week, and gas was seven dollars and twenty cents a gallon for your boat, snow machine, wow. four wheeler vehicle. Yeah, aviation fuel was running over ten dollars a gallon in the bush. So you know, expenses of. Um, what did I buy? A dozen eggs was $6 or $7. A wow. loaf of bread was $10. So it, things wow. are expensive up there. And, and these are in the remote villages. Yeah. So and all of that with the you know escalating prices of COVID and fuel prices have really sent things up high. So yeah. So how often would you get around to the, to the different parishes in the diocese up there? Oh, um regularly i would usually do a two or a three week um visit and go to about three or four villages because it was so expensive to travel mm. i don't I imagine your listening audience was very aware of this storm that went along the bering sea coast and i was just out there um two two weeks ago mm. um and dedicated a, a new parish in the uh right at, very close to the bering sea wow and that that trip was about a $1,200 trip from Fairbanks, so that tells you wow. how expensive it was to travel out there. But, uh, no. So I would go um, probably, I don't know how many times a year. Usually um, once a month I would go, probably. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of the priests, too, travel between parishes, if I recall correctly. They do, yeah. Between planes and boats and snow machines, yeah. So it takes quite a lot uh, to be a to be a priest up there. That's uh, something yeah, you that's, have to uh, be <laughs> a hardy. <laughs> Got to be a hardy folk. Hardy, hardy person, physical stamina, and you, you have to have a, an adaptability to a culture too. So you have to, I think, be respectful of the of the culture um, as as you engage with them. So. So now, are you going to miss? Very, 
you're going to miss the bush planes? Like, I can't imagine they're very comfortable to fly in. No, I mean, some of that I won't. I'll miss the people, the beautiful, wonderful people. I form great friends. I love going to, to those remote villages. And, but at the same time, you know, God's planted me here. And in the military, I was had many different assignments across the world. And everywhere you go, um, there's great people. And that, I'm going to find that here in New Ulm and already have. So I'm excited about that. So, Well, fantastic. So uh, anyone listening, uh, if you're interested in attending, and I had the, do you, right here, do you have yeah. the information yep. up there? Okay. So uh, Solemn Vespers, before the installation, will be at the Cathedral in New Ulm, uh, Monday, September 26th uh, at 6 p.m. That's open to the public. It'll also be live streamed on the Diocese of New Ulm's website at dnu.org. Um, and there will be a reception to follow that. The installation mass itself is a, is a ticketed event just because you need to have enough room inside um, to make sure everyone can fit inside the church. That'll be in Sleepy Eye at St. Mary's, beautiful church. Um, there'll be a reception of, after that as well, and we'll be broadcasting that installation mass here on, uh, on Real Presence. Uh, and you can also watch at dnu.org. Uh, before we let you go, Bishop, would you give us your blessing? Sure. May the- May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit come upon you, your families, and may you go forth with renewed hope. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Bishop, for joining us this morning. Oh, you're most welcome. God bless you guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hey, this is Father Brandon Moravitz from Holy Spirit Church uh, in Virginia, Minnesota, and the Diocese of Duluth. We are incredibly blessed here on the Iron Range uh, to have Real Presence Radio. And in my life as a priest, we're always looking for ways in which we can get the message of Jesus Christ and the gift of our Catholic faith out into the world. And Real Presence Radio is one of those tools in our community that continues to teach and educate and inspire hearts and minds to be led to the Lord to the cross, to the tomb, and most importantly, to the altar. I am so grateful for all that Real Presence Radio does to build up the kingdom of God in our local area. If you are able, please, please consider financially supporting the mission of Real Presence Radio during this live drive. Everything you can do for Real Presence Radio is a way in which we can build up the kingdom of God. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would give you a generous heart. And I invite you to respond in great generosity to support the gift of Real Presence Radio during this year's Live Drive. God bless. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. 
Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. What a what a blessing to visit with Bishop Chad Zelensky. As I as I mentioned, I had a chance to meet him a few times in the diocese of Gaylord, and I've known priests. I, in fact, I knew one priest from the diocese who actually went up there for a month or two, um, and we had guys from our parish go up there uh, to work on physically rebuilding the churches up there. So a lot of people have said, you know, it's just such a such a different uh, culture up there, but they said it was just so beautiful, um, the the faith of the people there and everything. It was just so beautiful to be a part of that. So what a privilege to visit with him. And again, uh, even though the, the installation itself is uh, ticketed, that solemn vespers the evening before is uh, is open. And a beautiful chance to see the, the cathedral there in New Ulm is gorgeous. It is one of the most unique depictions, I think, of, uh, of God the Father in the apse there that I've seen in any church. Uh, so worth it to, to check that out. And if you've never been to uh, Solemn Vespers, it's a, it's a chance to do that, too. That's a, an experience not a lot of people have had. Um, so definitely a, a cool thing to be a part of. And then there's a the reception afterwards. And usually, you know, after the installation mass, everyone's getting shuffled around and, and really busy. After Vespers, everyone's still kind of chill. They are. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Bishop Barron's... Vespers was very, I'd never done that before, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's a lot more time. You visit yeah. with priests, you meet, uh, you know, like we were meeting bishops from, from all over. Yes, um, I met Archbishop Hebda for the first time. Right, exactly. And they're, and they're all real chill, you know, the because they're not as, they're not yeah. as uh, you know, like just having gone through an hour and a half mass, so they're a little more uh, calm and everything. <laughs> so, nice, if you can make it out to that. Again, that's at 6 o'clock at the Cathedral in New Ulm, and New Ulm is, is just a really cool cool little town too to visit so mm-hmm. again if you're in the area it's something you want to check out absolutely check out vespers um really cool to be there and again tune in on uh that tuesday september 27th at one o'clock to uh to hear that uh broadcast live on real presence oh he just sounds like a really cool guy i almost just want to go just to be like hey i talked to you on the radio yeah. i just wanted to actually like shake your hand and meet you in person yeah and he uh he gave a fossil a uh, letter opener carved from a woolly mammoth tusk tooth to uh, the Pope, really, it was one of like one of his first visits to the Pope. He's like, "Here you go," <laughs> kind of a unique thing from Alaska. Uh, some artist asked him to present it to the Holy Father. So, wow, he's got kind of a cool uh, backstory there, and and just a they're really exciting. You know, exciting like we we're saying for Minnesota all around with Bishop Cousins up there in Crookston, mm-hmm. Bishop Barron here in Winona, Rochester, and now Bishop Chad out there in. Um, New Alm. New Alm. And uh, Bishop Hebda was in the Diocese of Gaylord, too, before he came to the, the oh, Twin Cities. So, either. really, it's a, it's a blessed time to me of Minnesota. Yes, we uh, have. It's like a powerhouse yeah. staff of bishops. Absolutely. So, beautiful things coming for the state and beautiful things coming up on Real Presence Live. So, let's th- throw things up to Fabulous Fargo for a preview of tomorrow's show. On the next Real Presence Live, Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Karen Zelensky and Father Greg Hochalter are your hosts, coming to you live from St. Anne's Parish in Bismarck, North Dakota. They will be talking with Shauna Helbling about ways that women can serve the church, and Father Ben Warner from the Diocese of Bismarck will be sharing about the importance of Latin and Hebrew in our faith. 
All this and much more is coming on the next Your Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Well, fantastic. And uh, Melissa had something else to share, uh, an event coming up that's not, not Unite-related, but... Yep. but uh, but parish related here. Yeah, we're just kind of looking at like what can we do Eucharistic revival wise in the parish. I know that's not quite the initiative yet um, with the three year plan, but we wanted to start earlier. Like, what can we do? Um, so we've actually started at St. Francis of Assisi Parish here a family adoration hour. Like every second Saturday of the month after the 4.30 Mass, we'll have exposition and um, we will have an hour of adoration where you're asked to have your kids in the pews with you. Yeah. And we have, um, my confirmation students will be running a, like a, a child care. So if your kids get a little too squirrely, they will take them out, walk them around, bring them back nice. to you as soon as they're ready to come back in. And the idea is that we want families to adore together. Mm. And it's kind of guided. We tell some Eucharistic mir- miracle stories. Um, we, we sing a couple songs in there. There's some silence in there. So there is a vast array of things. And if it starts to get a little too loud, we're like, oh, we'll... We'll go to the next thing on our guided adoration, and we kind of explain what the priest is doing, too, so that the kids, it's educational as well. And then after the hour, um, and we have benediction, we go downstairs and we do a potluck dinner. So we're also building community as well. And when we we did it for the first time last month, or uh, sorry, earlier this month, I guess, and not one kid had to go to child care. We had wow. like six or seven really big families with lots of little kids, and not one kid had to use our child care option. So um, family adoration can be done. And it's a beautiful ministry. Um, you know, we don't do adoration enough, I think. And I think that's going to be one of the keys to the revival as well is um, time spent right in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh what are the details on that again? What so every every second Saturday of the month um, after the 4.30 Mass, it'll be an hour of adoration um, and then a potluck dinner afterwards. So if you're not anywhere near Rochester to participate in that, maybe look at starting it at your own parish. It's a beautiful idea. One of the things I love about uh, about this sh- show and the radio ministry is giving people different parts of our listening area ideas. Uh, let's close with a click Glory Be. Glory be to the Father, Father to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, Spirit. so was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and ever shall be, be world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. God bless your day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.